Hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm Johnny. And we will be just analyzing Cyberpunk 2077. So, do you want to tell them about Cyberpunk 2077? I guess. Um, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077 is a 2020 action role-playing video game developed by CD Projekt Red and published by CD Projekt Red. Um, set in a dystopian cyberpunk universe, the player assumes the role of V, a mercenary in the fictional Californian city known as Night City. Um, so we're going to discuss the portrayal of gender and gender roles within the game and also kind of the impact that that has on audiences and players. Yeah. Uh, Want to include audiences too because, you know, not everyone plays the game. They watch playthroughs. Yeah. Um, So the first thing that stands out in Cyberpunk is the extensive customization options that, like, it's extensive to even the point of, like, customizing your own genitals. Yeah, like, you you can choose what genitalia you have, and, like, on top of that, you can pick a design for your your pubic hair and a color. Um, But... At least for us, like, we went through all of the customization options, and it took us, like, over 30 minutes yeah. just to set a character and make sure we looked at everything. Um, but like, there was over 50 hair options. A lot of hair. There's, like, 20-ish or, like, 15 of the skin options, but, like, a lot of the darker skin tones also came off looking a little bit ashier. than Yeah, very gray-toned and lifeless. Yeah, which probably fits into that dystopian aesthetic. But it's still, like, not the best. Um, And then there's also, like, the way picking your gender works is you actually um, pick your voice, and the voice you choose corresponds with the pronouns um, your character will have in the game. Uh, So, like, that's completely separate from the physical body you create. But there are only two gender options in those voice options um because one voice defaults to she her pronouns and the other voice defaults to he him so it's definitely within the gender binary yeah um and then going into like the actual gameplay there's like a good 45 50 minutes of just like getting adapted to the world of the cyber cyberpunk like aesthetic and um, and it's the first, like, introduction to, like, a, like, feminine character of power or, like, who has, like, a little bit more agency is the trainer. Yeah. Um, so after, like, the kind of plot setup, which pretty much exclusively involves men, unless you choose to play as a woman, then that's the only woman. Um, but after that, uh, you get into a little optional training module, which is, like, kind of put into the game as a plot point but it's also you know a tutorial for first-time players on how to do things like hacking and combat and um the person training you is like the first woman you really come into contact with and so like yeah she's in like a, a powerful authoritative role but then there's also the fact that she's a teacher and in other missions, like, her whole job is, like, she's on the phone with you telling you what to do. So she has that, like, nurturing, guiding role that um, is kind of, like, stereotypical for women. Yeah. And the thing that stood out for me with her character, because I wasn't 
with you when you were initially playing the training yeah. part and I walked in during you know during one of the missions mm-hmm. and I thought she was AI yeah. and how she was presented and like how a lot of AI voices are gendered to be more feminine yeah um and they're like kind of like service kind of way of like oh she's getting you through um she's there to help you yeah I think that's also like the whole training part the way it works in the game is like it's a vr so like um like you're playing the game so it's and it's not a vr game Mm -hmm. but the training module itself is like the playable character v goes into a vr thing and then the trainer is just a hologram kind of disappearing and appearing as needed and you really only realize she's an actual person when you finish that and start doing your missions and she's kind of, I don't know if it was an earpiece or on the phone with you. Yeah. But she's giving you directions and, like, not too much detail about the mission that was given by the main um, side character, like, a accompanying character. I don't know what we would call him. Yeah. Of uh, Jackie, who just kind of, like, does all of the quests with you, mm-hmm. at least in the beginning. And he's, like, kind of just, like, this close connection, like, the closest, like friend that yeah. you have um so speaking on to like the first real like actual mission that you do um you take a lot of time going and like doing all this shoot like there's a lot of fighting that gets and like breaking in to rescue a person and it's a woman um and when we get to her she's found in a tub completely naked uh like cut up and like you know yeah. You don't know what that So happened. she has, like, typical, um, you know, like, cyborg body mods, but she also has just some mutilation on her body unrelated to, like, the cyborg body mods that are all over the game. Yeah, and then she was also found... It wasn't just, like, she was just in the tub by herself. She was found in the tub with another guy... But, like, the one thing that stood out for me was she had no clothes on at all, but he had some, like, little boxers on to cover up, which I found to be a little... A little weird that they're both in the exact same situation, unconscious, in a tub, Mm -hmm. but she's completely naked, and he is only partially naked. Yeah, and then it kind of, like, feeds, makes me wonder who's who's that for like is it yeah in the like in the hope like in the vein of like this is for the male gaze give yeah. them some like some some boob to look at and like you know it's I don't know. it's it's weird um especially like yeah it's a rescue mission so you're expecting you know someone injured and like vulnerable but just the nudity makes no sense especially with the addition of a male character who is not completely nude yeah. And, like, talking about the male gaze, there is that whole uh, Jennings reading we did um, where she talks about shifting the gaze, um, which can be done by, you know, like, creating gaze, uh, creating games in the feminine gaze um, or playing games made in the male gaze in a feminine gaze. And so in this, to me, it reads like, you can't even try to get rid of the male gaze that's within that mission because it's so deliberate and out there and, like, this character does not speak to you. She doesn't do anything. She's just 
unconscious, and you take her out of the tub, carry her to a balcony, and medics come, and that's it. Yeah. Um, um, I did find a quote um, um, from a Mo- Laura movie reading, uh, and it says, Women that stand in patriarchal culture as a signifier for the male other, uh, bound by a symbolic order in which man can live out his fantasies and obsessions through linguistic command by imposing them on the silent image of a woman still tied to her place as bearer not maker of meaning yeah that yeah that bathtub scene made me think of that quote yeah. made that made me think of this reading because it's just like even though the, uh, the, the male character did not have you know any lines or anything he was just there but for me it was like the fact that she was exposed in such a way yeah and and he wasn't yeah like they both you don't interact with them other than finding them yeah but it, it still places him in a very different position um um so then also um another quote from the read uh, reading i did um and we searched for this um it was kind of this reading on how men and women kind of interact with stress in different ways and like or severe extreme situations um and it was kind of basically saying that women are more able to like more likely to internalize their emotions and like feel more like anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and that made me think of how the female like authority figures i use air quotes there um like police officers are portrayed in comparison to male um police officers in the same like yeah um, because especially, and I did a lot of, like, time working on listening to the individual, like, NPC conversations, um, and a lot of them were, um, the theme, like, one particular that stood out for me was the female cop was very, was very passive in how her approach of, you know, uh, pushing her authority on, like, the characters around her versus how the other character, like, we were watching um, one scene where the male police officer was like, you can't get through here! You're not allowed! Get away! Go! Um, which... And then, as you, like, drive up, you talk to a female officer Mm -hmm. and, like, Jackie, um, the, you know, male companion of the player character is kind of giving this whole, like, sob story. Not really a sob story, but, like, um definitely an emotional appeal to her like talking about how his uh girlfriend's waiting for him and she's gonna be really upset and he just he needs to get to his girlfriend and he's like i guess trying to appeal to this woman's sympathy and i think it's interesting that that's the officer um that was put in the game for him to talk to yeah and then like really quickly another conversation that was i was listening to was this one female officer was like she ran to go help someone who was in Mm -hmm. need and then I guess it put the other officer kind of in danger or like to make him look bad. So thus he got mad at her and was like, why would you ever do that? You, yeah. you know, you sit in like stand in place and you don't like, you know, you have to follow orders. And yeah. like, and he was like threatening her and like putting her in his subservient like Yeah, it, position. it's like in a way he like sees her doing her job as her undermining his authority. Yeah. Exactly, and it was kind of just like, well, you're both officers of the law, like yeah, but law in the air quotes again because dystopian. Um, yeah, and I mean it's pretty clear 
from earlier on in the game that officers of the law aren't actually upholding the law at, at all. all. They're just kind of they're <laughs> they're they're kind of pushing their own objectives and yeah, and there definitely is a lot of corruption with um I would say like the group in the game the corpos kind of controlling mm-hmm. the police but yeah. That's not exactly what we're talking about, but just some added yeah. context. Yeah, we'll get more into them in the next one cuz we're going to talk about disability and wealth and poverty as well. Um but just like to wrap it up a little bit um I think the main questions we had in our mind and like we kind of wanted to push like think about when approaching other games too is like how does the male gaze or feminine like how does the male gaze influence mm-hmm. you know the production of the game and then how can we use a feminine gaze to yeah approach it play it like pick through like things that we wouldn't you know normally pick out and notice yeah. you know if you just like through general um gameplay um and then, like, I, I know, looking... I don't know, sorry. Um, so, like, kind of the role of gender in this dystopian world. Yeah. Um, and, like, with, like, you know, a dystopian world kind of not really having any order, how is gender role still being reinforced in kind of a chaotic, I would say, setting? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see that in some, in many ways, and like many examples of it, um, whether it, it may be like you know, like like sex workers. I think I was listening to a conversation from a sex worker in the game as well. Yeah, and like there are different examples of how they kind of their gender role is, or roles of gender are still at play, and this world is still very much a, even though it's a dystopian universe mm-hmm. where like think rules and laws are very muddy. The yeah. patriarch, the patriarchy, still the patriarchy, looming over yeah. it all. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, no one really actually cares about the law. There's no yeah. real respect for a government or like many societal rules, mm-hmm. except for patriarchy. It's no, it's there, it's there. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, um, this has been Caleb and Johnny, um, and yeah. thanks for listening. <laughs> Join us next time to talk about disability and And wealth and poverty. Yeah. Sweet.